Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. I'm talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars... Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm, I'm Howard's Andrew without much voice on the phone. I'm not so sure, Andrew, what exactly is the guy who makes his living by his voice do without a voice? It's like a singer, for God's sake. Yep. <laughs> not good, eh? Oh, don't, no. don't talk, don't talk. Those traffic, weather, sports, you know. Do we have Kevin? Good morning, you do. Yes, you do. You have to answer for him, Kevin. You know. Well, and well, we got to start out by pondering, you know, the uh, the most important question of the day, um, and that is, uh, it, would Baby Al Capone's be a good name for a softball team? Um, I don't know. If people like the baby part. You know. <laughs> well, that that's uh, that's the mayor's term. We we don't want to talk about these kids as baby uh, baby Al Capone's. I, I maybe, think maybe, maybe if you were a rapper, that would be a good name for your act. Baby Al Capone. I think the mayor needs to get in his thick head. Well, I don't know. He's actually, I bet I would actually like the guy. But there are there are every night, and I'm sure some of them are not black. There are probably forty cars of people driving around with darkened out windows, with maybe that are stolen, with guns, looking to do damage to somebody. And until we get those forty cars off the friggin' streets, we got a problem. And if the mayor doesn't understand that, there's something really wrong with him, Kevin. I'm just just saying. Just well, he, refer, he referred to the uh, original uh, part as, as a gathering, so you're aware that they yes. have these gatherings. Yeah, gathering. Um, but I have a question for you. Since Fire you're, away. Since you're like a supply chain management sort of guy in logistics, I'm, I always like logistics too. Well, uh, logistics is different than supply chain management. I know, but so I'm just going to... Just they, they one kinda, discipline in there. They kind of come together with the, uh, the issue with Wallapalooza. Now, you may think, where the hell is this guy going with this one? But you see, no, I'm not. That's a big logistics uh, effort. Well, I'm not talking about the city. I'm talking about the participants. Okay. Well, they have their own logistics effort. They okay. have their own logistics problems. I'm specifically thinking, I mean, uh, I, I, mean I don't really pay that much attention to the guys, but last night I wandered over to uh, meet our Thursday night gang at the series. And we sit outside, and we had the... <laughs> Greg says to me, you got the best seat. And I go, why is that? And he goes, well, Palooza starts tonight. Just watch the show. And all of a sudden, everybody's walking down Jackson. And my there's there's city girls, and then there's b- suburban girls. But the city girls just dress in like nothing and get on the L, and they don't care, it appears. Now, the suburban girls can't really leave the house like that, so they have a problem. So they have to put something in like a bag and get downtown and duck into somebody's bathroom, and then they have to change. Yeah, because Dad's not letting me out of the house. That's exactly like right. That. Mom might not either. But I, I mean, and some of these costumes, Kevin, I, I don't know if you're now if you if you're a guy and you look is that harassment? Are you supposed to look not? Are, are they are they doing this for the other girls? I've never. I mean, I, 
I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. It's it, now, my, now the question is, they don't let you in. I've never been a Lollapalooza, but word has it, they don't let you in with anything more than like a little bag, right? So yep. you essentially can't put. I don't think you can put your other outfit in the bag. Do you just ditch it in the McDonald's bathroom, or what do you do? Then if you go, because you, you have to, you have to have something to put back on when you go home. Don't oh, unless you, you just. Unless you're sneaking in after mom and dad are asleep. Or you tell them you're staying downtown with a girlfriend or something. You have to do something like that. But, I mean, I everybody's walking along, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I guess if I was in the women's apparel uh, business, which, God, I'd be awful at, why would, I, why would I even make shorts that don't cover half your behind or a skirt that comes, like, halfway down? I mean, where, where do you buy those things? I mean, who, uh, who, who, I don't know. I, well, I get mine online. But, yes, I get. Uh, <laughs> so finally, some lady does walk down the street only in a thong, and she's probably thirty-ish, and she's not skinny. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. First of all, will they let you in like that? I mean, I, I'm an old dude. I don't even know. I'm, I just, I'm watching this, and I'm in disbelief of the whole the whole show. And then the guys are telling me, "Oh yeah, in my building, we had like twenty girls would have." and changed and came out in these costumes and off they went. <laughs> you know, if you really wanted to make some money, you'd probably do well with a uh, some kind of concession where maybe you have drive-up uh, um, lockers for people to uh, rent a locker for uh, uh, for their stuff. Well, do you, do you go into the McDonald's girls' bathroom and pull out like, you know, $1,000 worth of clothes and sell it or what? You know, the stuff these girls wear costs nothing. <laughs> what, do you want to bet? <laughs> well, I mean, I... I mean, I, I, the whole thing. It's, the, the price, the price per square inch of material is oh probably really high. Plus, the all you read is about is how much the marijuana places down here are going to do, how much money they're going to make this weekend. Now, do we even care about how old anybody is, or we just don't even worry about that? Um, uh, no, I, I, I actually think, you know, I, I, I don't know how it's um, policed in in Chicago, but I. Uh, I know in in most places they are pretty strict about who, you know who where how you sell. Um, All right, so you walk in and you're the only one twenty one. I mean, it's it's a regulated in, uh, yeah. Right. So you just have to be you just have to have one one person in the group who's uh, of age. But it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to walk. I would guess it's a lot easier to walk in and buy like a hundred gummies for fifty year pals than it is to walk in and buy like five cases of beer and have to lug them down the street never with everybody underage. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, much much more portable. Do, are we are we really happy with this? That you go through Hubbard's Cave and only smells is hooch. Where you know half the drivers are smoking dope while they're driving. I went down the Eisenhower last year, and the guys had a. <clears throat> there's three guys, you know, with the blackened out windows and the whole bit, and they got a, a sunroof, and, and the smoke is coming out of the sunroof like if it's, it's a, not a sunroof, Tom. It's a chimney. It's a, yeah, it's a chimney. It, it's it's like something you'd see in an old western, you know, where the Indians are doing the smoke signal stuff, and like. I'm like, all of a sudden you hear a big puff. They all, everybody puffed the same way, so they get to... Anyway, but this thing, I mean, so we got seemingly half the people driving stone. We got every young, young person in the world heading to this thing. By the way, it looked like it was pretty orderly and everything, so that part's good. Um, you know, I guess everybody's having a good time. Like I said, they're pretty good bands. And, well, you just, you just stand out there half naked in a, in, a mosquito, in a mosquito-laden field or what? There's no chairs, are there? Well, what, what was <laughs> the old... Um you know the Saturday Night Live thing that uh, Billy Crystal did. Uh, better, better to look marvelous than to be marvelous. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that, I mean, you're out there to just look marvelous. Well, that was the or, or look something. It's a, wasn't that? Uh, it was Ricardo Montalban originally. Yeah, it was. It? it was a it was a takeoff on 
uh, Montalban. You yeah. look marvelous. If you look marvelous, you feel marvelous. Wasn't, wasn't that it? Something like that. If you look marvelous, you feel marvelous. Well, but he, he did have, you know, uh, the one skit where it was much better to look marvelous than to feel marvelous. Well, I'm, I'm to, sure than that... To, than to be marvelous. I'm sure somebody's making... But the uh, the there's really a fine line here, and I, and I don't know where it is. I mean, I you know, this is for smarter people than me. There's a fine line between having stuff for people to do and uh, and making making some money for the city and inconveniencing everybody else. I mean, the entire downtown area now for what five weeks with the, with the crazy uh, uh, NASCAR race and this the the, the rain out race yeah the rain out race and this. <coughs> I mean, you might, you might as well not have any downtown streets. And yet traffic everywhere is, is a disaster. But it's, I mean, where, where's, do you not even care? Do they even talk to each other? I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, you would think there would be some kind of limit, but there really isn't. You know, if, some, if the right person's going to make money, then, then everybody else to hell with them, basically. I don't, I don't know what the, the government is, uh, is going to do, Kevin. And we we, no, we may be we may just be uh, crotchety old men, but I do think um, you know you, that there there is. I, I I am willing to bet that nobody has assessed the economic impact of disruption of traffic and oh, no. disruption of the ability to move around. They've only uh, assessed the economic impact of having the events. Well, I mean, if if you actually this whole Kennedy Expressway project <clears throat> right after the Jane Byrne interchange, so we're we're talking. 12 solid years of construction. I mean, the, the incompetence of that, I, I can't even, I can't even, I don't know, I can't even, I can't even put it into words. I mean, when you actually, for people who don't, well, when I say for people who don't, I don't know anymore that this is, this is what you do, but when you, when you decide you're going to, when people used to decide you're going to uh, expand a roadway or do something along those lines, what you would consider is you would you would figure out lifetimes. You would say, okay, this bottleneck costs people. Um, the Jane Byrne interchange. You know, granted, it was you know somewhat obsolete because there's more people or more cars than there used to be. So you'd say, all right, everybody spends an extra 15 minutes each way here in this mess of a mess. So we have you know a million people a month or something. So that turns out to be, you know, pick a number. How many, how many lives, essentially lifetimes lost in time? And there, there is some method of madness to this, or, or ought to be. So you say, okay, if I, can, if I were to take this money and, and put another lane down here, and uh, at the end of the day, everybody, I can save this 15 minutes, it's, a, it's, it's worth the money, okay? And you, and you, but then if you say, okay, but it's going to take me, we're going to work... 15 guys 8 hours a day and not ever if it rains or snows and we're going to take 11 years to do it and we're going to take the 15 minutes and make it 45 minutes for 8 and a half years and oh by the way when we're done because we don't feel like having the same the same guy doesn't want to do two projects at the same time we can only use the same guy so now he's going to do something else for 3 years after Kevin I don't I don't think it even it's even worthwhile do you but I, well, I, I think I think that becomes <clears throat> that becomes your issue if if you only want to give one uh, one company the business, then you have to do these projects serially. But if you were just looking at it from a uh, capacity management standpoint, so what you know, I'd say, what's what's my throughput on the Kennedy Expressway when the Jane Byrne Interchange is under construction? 
is it that much worse if I do the burn interchange and the Kennedy at the same time, or is the throughput just so impaired I'll bet it's way ex- I bet it's exactly that I might the same. as well just run it all through at once and be done with yeah, it? Yeah, I bet you if, you, if you if you scrunch the other one down to three lanes, and then you, you scrunch the Kennedy down to three lanes, you're probably going to be even. But if you, you wait, might even, yeah. you might even have better flow through right. because you uh, because bottlenecks back things up. You know, one, once you get people into you know past the bottleneck, then they can they can go through. So if you if you just say I'm not going to have a bottleneck, I'm just going to run it all the way out to O'Hare, then you know maybe you're, maybe you're better off. I don't know I, I don't know that I'm just speculating, but I, I don't know if anybody asks the question. I'm going to say how they, how they do that as planners. I'm going to say nobody asks the question. There are people in the planning department that probably could give you the answer that are actually probably very bright. Nobody talks to them. There are always, always people at Pullman that if you went to them, you get the right answer. But the trick was, if you wanted your policy to get through, you never asked those guys. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean it, isn't that right? I mean, you know, I'm sure there's people... Yeah, it's the, it's the old, you know, IIT proposal thing. you you gotta, you got to show... Uh, uh, you know, uh, top management that you you evaluated three options, but you don't have to show. You know, I, I can control which three I show them. Did you ever? Uh, uh, the book that actually came, I think it was, might have been right after a Hunt for Red October. It was a Red Storm Rising. Did you ever read that? I don't think I read it. I, I know of it, but I don't. Well, it's kind it. of a. There's there's almost a it's it's a way bigger book than Hunt for Red October, and and probably a quarter of the book, maybe even a third has to do with the submarine part of what the Soviets were doing, which essentially is a, is a kind of a total repeat of Hunt for Red October. But I'm not saying it's a bad book. It's a really good book. But one, the part that was, uh, was pretty interesting, and this, this is the part that would, even if you only read this chapter, this would be a perfect Kevin O'Neill chapter, and I, I bet you would, you would use it in class. The, 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 the Russian guy who wanted to invade Europe and start this war, right, uh, he says, okay, our, our read Ukraine. Basically, our army's leadership sucks. What do I have to do? And, uh, and they said, well, we got this one guy, and I don't know why they made the guy having red hair or whatever that made any difference, but maybe he was a Nordic dude or something. He's he's like our best general, our best tank general. Well, why has he only got like one star and he's out in like Siberia or someplace? Well, because he's so much better and he speaks his mind the other guys want him around type of thing. Mm-hmm. So the guy, the guy goes, all right, well, let's make this guy the, the number guy, and we'll give him six months to prepare, uh, you know, for this invasion or whatever the hell they were doing. So the guy gets in there, they give him total carte blanche. Well, not only, do he, not only does he, like, fire the other guys, he, like, executes half. <laughs> and, and, he, and he brings up a whole new officer class that actually knew what they were doing and, and were, you know, younger and were not the ages that he do with it, but... That just weren't so ridiculously. Oh no, we're more worried about giving these jobs to these companies, and they tell us how long it's going to take them, and then we get some stupid thing in there where if they finish two days early, I mean the one that I'm I'm, I'm really on is this because uh, I go by there three times a week when I go to Orland, is the the uh, Mannheim Mannheim Road Lagrange Road bridge. Yeah, but it's it's two years. I've never gone by there with more than maybe fifteen guys working, sometimes three, sometimes four. And what do you? How do you what, how do you get that job? Say you only got like five people. I mean, uh, one of my buddies at Pullman, he's got me long dead. Said that in our, he did some work in Argentina. He's a, he's a project manager. I think it was it was Argentina or Brazil. He said if you if you inconvenience people, the the, the work has to go twenty four seven. That was a law. 
I mean, I mean you know, you don't take the main street and, and have and, and make people go from four lane to two and, and, and finish it in two years with a, one shift when you feel like working. He goes, it was a law. You had to work 24-7. And here we're worried about people getting, not having jobs, man. I, some, something, there's a, there's a serious disconnect. Kevin, we've got... We've well, got and, and again, go back and say, okay, what would the model be? What if we did work 24-7 out, uh, because of having jobs? What kind of economic activity would that spur that might then have, you know, uh, pile, uh, benefits that you can pile on there, you know, economic benefits that you can pile on there? Um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, there, there may be more long-term value. But as long as it's more about political connectedness than it is about um, uh, public service, then uh, uh, you know the less likely you are to have something that really works for people. Well, I mean, I yesterday the the uh, the, the theme. I don't know. I mean, obviously the, the theme of the show is that most of it's economics, and we do some sports. But what are we going to talk a little about the Cubs? Uh, the uh, somehow you, you get to this point in, in government. I, I don't know. I don't know, Kevin, if it's, uh, and this is, again, this is an old guy thing, but the people who I grew up with, uh, when I say grew up, the adults at the time, were, were pretty much all people that had something to do with World War II, right? I mean, there was something involved there. I mean, most of the parents of the people that I knew, and even on the trading floor, their, their dads fought there or something, their moms did some logistical work. I mean, but we, we can't, as a country, we came out of a, of a two- Two hemisphere war, and the thing that is not—if if you read the battles and stuff, and you, the heroism and the, those kinds of things—the uh, it's a great show. I mean, when I say it's a great show, it's a great history, and it's a, and, and it's something that you know we can really be proud of as a people, even though a whole lot of people died. Uh, but if, when you dig further into it, and you look at the time frame, and you looked at from the, the the thing being over to its starting was what December of forty one. To essentially, what September of '45? So what are we talking about? Not even four years totally. So three and three quarter years. And you look at the the logistical movement of people when you're talking ships halfway around the world. The amount of planes built, the amount of tanks built. Well, and, and factor in before you, you uh, step away from that notion too. Factor in the limited technology of the day. Yeah. Versus what we have available to us. Right. Now. Okay, keep going. Well, I, 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 but if you, if you look at those kinds of things and you see how many people came together to do this, and you look at every, every project now from everybody that's the generation after us, and I mean, there are people that are really bright, don't get me wrong, certainly in technology and stuff, every, these, every one of these things seems like it's a project. You know, God, how do, how do we do an interchange? What do you mean, how do you do an interchange? You, you built an entire... Uh, you know, interstate system in, in a decade. What even, <laughs> it's going to take you a decade to build one engine. I mean, what the, 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 the just the difference, Kevin, and how pe- how hard people work, and and how many people can work together in a shift and get something done. Somehow or another, we've lost. I don't know what we lost. I can't even put my fingers around it. But there's there's some problem here, <laughs> and I, you, you've got mayors that yeah, are, and, are and probably. Tom, I, I I will allow the idea that we have to accommodate all the traffic moving through there and you know let's take the uh, the burn interchange if you if you can't close it because what would you do if you had to just completely close it 
<clears throat> so I, I get that that is a, a very difficult problem and that when you were building the interstate, you didn't have to worry about that because there was no traffic, you know, right. no pre-existing traffic. So, um, so all of those are factors, and yet we, you know, I, I think you can still objectively say we just aren't very good at this. Well, and I, and I mean, you look at uh, even the it's it's kind of everywhere when you look at even like yesterday I was ranting raving with Lou and I was ranting a lot about the legal system. And you know what, I, Kevin, I, I really believe this stuff. I I don't you know I don't want to go through it again, but I'm saying I don't. I'm, I've never been anywhere near a fan of this guy Trump. You know that, and so does everybody. But the idea that that a human being in this country is up to $40 million in legal fees before he even goes to a trial. Kevin, what the bleep? When the other, side's, the other side seems to have unlimited amount of stuff they can do to it. I, I, the guy's probably guilty. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a juror. I wasn't in the grand jury. I don't know whether he did or where he didn't. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll wait to hear the testimony, I guess. But the fact is, that's wrong. The, the, you know, the, the running Blago out of money so he had a, a public defender the second time through. That's wrong. I mean, it shouldn't, I mean, all the stuff that happens. It's not how we should be prosecuting people. If you want to do that in a civil case, you guys knock yourselves out. Well, but, that's, a, but that's not even right. criminal case, um, well, I, I agree with you in that, that, you know, then the deepest pockets wins. But, um, but even so, that's between two parties. That can mm. work itself out. The, we're talking about the full force of the government here. Uh, that full force of the government crashing down on anybody. Um, you, you just can't fight back because their funds basically are unlimited. Uh, or, you know, I mean, theoretically, with, uh, you know, with no, there's a theoretical constraint. I suppose you can't f- spend the whole federal budget on it. But, uh, but it, you know, any individual case, you know, $40 million, uh, is a drop in the bucket in the federal budget, and yet it's crushing to anybody else. Um, in the, it's not exactly the civil, but it's close to it. The, the arbitration system that I've done some expert witnesses involved, all kinds of things. Kevin, it's it's not even an arbitration system; it's an extortion system. It's you, you, somebody will file something, and it might be totally off the wall. That you won't even have you won't be able to read it before the attorney will call somebody's attorney and say. You know, we can. We, we don't even have to go to trial. Uh, we'll we'll bow out of this at like ninety grand, and then the firm will say to their their counsel, "If we fight this, what's it going to be?" Well, God, we know it is. So the lawyers, even though they don't know it, they're working together. Then they'll say, "Oh man, if we get this law firm to fight this, we it's, we can't we can't even touch this for less than one hundred and fifty, and that's if we win." Uh, write the check, send the guy the ninety. That's extortion, Kevin. It's all over the place. Well, it is. Although I, I, I did put arbitration in contracts all the time um, because I was usually on the little guy side. So yeah. there was no way I was going to win, a, uh, you know, a, a court battle. So when I was doing, uh, you know, contracts for IT services or, or you know, same thing if you're doing contracts for uh, third-party logistics services or any of that, you're still better off doing. Uh, uh, arbitration, because at least you can take your grievance and you can say that here's theirs, here's mine, pick one or you know whatever it is. But I mean the, the Northwestern situation, right now nobody, well probably a few people, are really concerned with what went on. It's going to be okay. How much money do we have? How long is it going to take? How long is it? What's it going to do our reputation? What's it going to do the president? Right now somebody somebody's cranking up a number. 
that if we can get out of all this mess and everybody settles for $40 million, we're done without anybody proving anything. And all that does is encourage the next... I mean, Kevin, this is all wrong. I mean, if you're, if you're right, if you've been harmed, you, you get to use the legal system. I get it. But somehow or another, we're way away from this. And you don't even have to testify. I guarantee you, he's nor- you can tell the attorney right now, I guarantee you, these Northwestern guys, they're going to they're gonna settle. you got to get your name in the pool. What did my buddy Greg say that the uh, Boy Scouts, all you, have to do is, all you have to do is send your name in and say you were harassed, and you ended up with a check out of the bankruptcy. Okay, what are we educating our people to do here? So this is this is all wrong. It's all wrong, but I don't know how you stop it. Just saying. You don't. Well, but do, does but, it just uh, keep getting worse and worse? Probably. Hey, you know, every empire declines. I guess. But so, yeah, but the, ours is... I was never in those empires. I, I'm in this one. I kind of like this one. I mean, uh, we were, we've done a lot of good in the world. Are we going to stop doing all that stuff? Just because Apparently. we're of incompetence? I don't know. It seems like it. Uh, <laughs> Have you been watching our government lately? Oh man, it's yes, we're gonna. We're, yes, we're gonna be at the end of it due to incompetence. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really want other, other people uh, attacking us or doing something because they realize how weak we are. But because uh, I mean, if we're not here, what happens to the world? I mean, I don't want to be everybody's policeman, but realistically, if we're not here, what happens? I mean, it's, it could be a, a bleep hole. Well. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you know, the, who's the contender? It's it's the Chinese. Oh God! Um, and and we're not going to like their world. No. Um, but we it, it may be uh, it may be that it's too late before we you know before enough people learn that we're really not going to like their world. If you can make money there, it's okay though, right? There you have it. Uh, SB futures up three. Nasdaq futures nineteen. Uh, earnings came in. Amazon was good. Apple not so good. So Amazon's up eleven. Apple's down five, so given this different size of the companies, it's probably the same amount of value lost and lost and not lost. But Amazon, uh, their their cost cutting seems to have worked. They got rid of uh, some of the areas that were not doing so well, and uh, I think this guy's doing a pretty decent job actually. The guy was running it. Anyway, be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. 
Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Andrew on the board. SP Futures up four now. Nasdaq is up 23. We were up, we were down a little last night, but now we were up, uh, actually no, we were up last night. It was really bizarre, actually. Right at the close, the Nasdaq Futures were down 20. Amazon's numbers came out and they were up 50. So it was a 70 point move in like, you know, a minute and a half. Then Apple's came out and it went down to being up 20. So by the end of the mess, it, they were pretty much even, but they're definitely up a little bit from uh, yesterday. Uh, the Dow Futures are only up four because Apple is down 479, which is taking a big chunk out of the Dow. Remember, there's a, like a seven, $7 multiplier here. So if you're down five bucks, that's 35 in the Dow at least, maybe even more. We've got NVIDIA, well, not, it's not in the Dow, that's up 286. Microsoft up 276, they're in the Dow. Everything else is, uh, those are the only two really moving. Amgen maybe up a buck and a half. Uh, over in Europe, uh, the DAX down 56.3%. Um, they were up. It says here, Europe markets were higher after downbeat week, but now. Uh, investors digesting Bank of England rank hike, but now they're down a little bit. FTSE down 26.4%. Kick around, however, fighting the trend. It's up 10. It's 0.1%, so not very much. So generally down, but not much over in Europe. Asia Nikkei, which has been hammered a couple days in a row, up 33.1% uh, as their interest rates continue to move up. Uh, Hang Seng up 118.6, but still 19,539 have had a bad week. Shanghai up 7.2%. Uh, as a way of review yesterday, Dow was down 66, S&P down 11, NASDAQ down 13, so no bounce at all from the horrible day before. Uh, bonds unchanged, but they're at 4.19. That's, that's up there. Uh, the Bund up 5 basis points, 2.61. Japan unchanged at uh, 0.65, again, uh, 15 basis points higher than where the Bank of Japan said they would allow them to move. Uh, so obviously there's a change in policy there, just nobody knows exactly what it is, which is causing some trouble. Oil up 39 cents, 81.94, back over 80 bucks. Rent up 42 cents, 85.56. Natural gas unchanged, 256. 
Arba back up a little bit, four cents. It was 292, back under one, 280, and now it's back up 281. So uh, that's bouncing around as well. Gold set for worst week in six, down 90 cents, 1967. Silver down 16 cents, 23.53. Copper down five cents, 384. We got Bitcoin down 94, under uh, 30,000, 29,152. And the dollar, uh, we have the uh, virtually unchanged. Matter of fact, it is, I'll say it's unchanged. 109 on the euro, 120, euro 127 on the pound. Andrew, a lot of stuff. Give us a shortened version because your voice is terrible, bud. I'd actually, uh, I think we've warmed up a little bit thanks to that coffee earlier. There you go. Uh, yeah, doing a lot better. It's uh, so no, I'm starting off with some Chicago sports. The White Sox lost to the Rangers 3-5, to five, while the Cubs uh, won to the Red 5-3 to three in this case. And over, uh, let's see, with the Diamondbacks, uh, they lost to the Giants 1-0. to zero. Uh, But over to some Chicago weather. It's currently 73 degrees. Uh, sunny skies right now. We're going to have a high of 83. And that's going to hit a little earlier than usual today, maybe around 1 p.m. And a very, very slight chance of rain uh, into the later day today, around 7 o'clock. And over in Phoenix, they're currently at 88 degrees. So you got clear skies. They're going to have a high of 109. That's going to hit around 5 p.m. Still in that ever everlasting uh, heat morning over there. And uh, finally, over to Chicago traffic. Looks like uh, things are pretty clear, at least when it comes to major accidents or blockages today. Uh, just things to note are on the inbound Stevenson. Uh, there's some uh, traffic near Harlem Avenue. Uh, and there's always on the inbound Kennedy construction delays over there. But if you're on the outbound, the only thing to look out for is on the Eisenhower, just around Austin Boulevard. A couple of delays over there, but that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. So the, uh, the latest on the Northwestern I don't know, how do people even think of this stuff? Uh, now the latest is uh, there was a racist watermelon-eating contest that they made the black players have a watermelon eating it. Who thinks this crap up? Who thinks of having those? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, I, what would, ever, would possess? Uh, I know the stereotype has always been that black people like watermelon, but so do white people, don't they? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, I don't. I never really thought that was a. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of stuff I don't Never know. Never thought it was valid, but you know, it was it, the the thing about watermelon was it was always inexpensive. So, you know, the summer they you'd get the trucks, the trucks would come out and uh park in the neighborhood. So, uh so that was what was behind that. But yeah, of course it's stupid. Do you know that uh you know what would work? You know, again, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm a management professor. One of my messages on there is, look, we we can work on implicit bias if you know if people have these kind of built-in uh, prejudices that they can that they can start to recognize and lose. But when you have explicit bias like that, sorry, you can't work for me. No, it's I don't I don't I don't I don't get that at all. What's the? I guess I'm Italian. I like pasta. No, would I be in a, would I be would I be in the pasta eating contest with the Italian guys or what? I'm pretty sure you would. I'm pretty sure we you know. And what? And the, the Irish the recipe side, for how to make the best noodles. And then the and the Irish side would be in the beer drinking contest or what? Because there's not really a signature Irish dish that I know. Well, of. <laughs> Irish cuisine yeah. are <laughs> not two words that go together very well. Um, we had there used to be a. Uh, uh, what, do, what, do you, what do you call magazines that pretty much just tell all the bad stuff about people in an industry? Kind of a rag. Uh, there I was, don't know, gossip magazine. Yeah, there was like an industry rag for, for the options and then the futures and then the stock. And they would talk all about the people in the industry that got fined or something type of thing. It was like, you know, it was like a rap sheet of some kind. 
and they, they were, of course, were all on the same floor in the same room in New York, but there was the options corner. It was Anyway, so one of the ladies there somehow did an interview with Dr. J, my buddy. So we were in New York. We went out to dinner. Yeah, you got to explain once in a while you refer to Dr. J, and I bet you yeah. half our oh, listeners yeah. don't John, know who John you're talking J- about. John used to do the show with us. So we go out to dinner with this lady, and she's Irish. She's a character named uh, Neve. Neve was her first name. It's all Irish as that. And she's just gotten back from Ireland. And uh, so John said something to the point, and she's drinking her Guinness or whatever, and she liked to drink. So John said something to the effect of, what's the food like over there? And she looked him in the eye, and she goes, when you, walk across, when you can walk across the beer, you don't need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So she wasn't drinking Coors Light, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a beer milkshake. You know? Yeah, it was kind of kind of something going. Uh, we got the the uh, labor report coming out today. Uh, it's uh, it's Carl's biggest day. We go through all the labor stuff, and he digs out stuff that nobody else gets. What uh, what do you make of the of the labor situation, uh, Kevin? I I uh, I don't know. Was, I, I can't believe the amount of young homeless around here and people without a job. I don't. I'm, I'm well, there's stunned. there's uh, a, a lot of growth in in low paying jobs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, it, but it, you know, really, uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, uh, ISM report. ISM is Institute for Supply Management, and uh, and so we are seeing like the eight month eighth month in a row of contraction in manufacturing activity. Um, you are seeing. Uh, let me let me scroll down here. The backlog backlogs of orders. Uh, inventory building up, so that has to be depleted before they make anything more. Um, but people aren't buying, so therefore inventories are are up. Um, you know, much much less discretionary buying. Um, and uh, you know, there, there's just you know we there there's there's nothing that looks good in this report um, in, in terms of manufacturing. Uh, and and this was after like 30 months of growth. Um, now we have eight months of decline. So you know that's I, what what do I make of it? I, I you know I think whatever whatever sunny uh, um, whatever sun, uh, sunny report anybody wants to make out of this over the next few days is going to be uh, fo- uh, followed by a lot of gloomy uh, discussion based on uh, people finally t- you know digging into the numbers which did you know they could save themselves the uh, the process and just listen to Carl at uh, for for te- for the first 10 minutes after the report comes out well one of the things i i guess i i have sort of predicted years ago one of the problems when you go into an inflationary period is it's very difficult to determine where exactly you're at because of the difference between the nominal numbers and the uh, the real numbers you really you really can't fathom unless you actually know every single person's or every single every single company's situation. I mean, unless you know, I mean, if if you if we would take I don't know how many people would we have to have, Kevin, where we would actually say if we took Home Depot. We'd have to sample everything for the last three years' checks. When I say, I'm saying checks, uh, receipts that people have, uh, foot traffic, uh, size of orders, the uh, to figure out whether or not the raise in sales. And I mean, you have you have you know 15 different CEOs coming on with their earnings on CNBC and whatever station you're looking at, and they're and they're bleeding like a friggin' goat about how their their, their revenue is up and how. And how they've uh, managed to uh, increase margin. Okay, well, 
I think all our listeners know the increased margin revenue being up means you raise prices more than your costs, correct? I mean, how else do you raise margin? Uh, and yet, 30 seconds later, some buffoon will be on there saying, this inflation, it's already, it's already beaten, there isn't really any. Well, they can't both be right, Kevin. I mean, it, it, there's, whenever you do this with the inflation and you can't, you can't really know where the numbers are, it's really hard to put your finger on whether people are doing better or worse. The answer is some are doing a lot better and most are doing a little bit worse. It would be, would be my read of the last time in the 80s and my read of this time. I mean, I, I don't know when I, you know, when Audrey and I, so it's a small sample. I mean, I'm not like, you know, Irv Cupson that goes out every night and writes a column about who he sees in the middle of the night. But, I mean, we'll go to dinner on a <clears throat> Saturday night at a place we've been, you know, 50 times before because, <clears throat> okay, I'm boring. I go to the same places all the time. What can I tell you? And I walk in, I see a place that's emptier than I've ever seen it. And somebody will say, well, there's a festival in Orlando and there's something here. That's, that's part of it, Kevin. But someplace, somewhere, somebody looked at their bill from the week before and said, I can't go out twice a week. I used to go out twice a week at $60 a night, and I can't go out twice a week at $95 a night for two people. So Somehow that's happening. And I don't know how you, how you possibly put your finger on which is which. Uh, hey, you can't you can't have two people go out to a family style restaurant now with and counting tip and not spend fifty bucks. Oh, without a doubt, without you a doubt. Know, which is you know which is crazy. That's you know that that's going out to breakfast or something like that. The it, part of this ISM report was their pricing index was uh, um, June to July is up zero point eight percent. So annualize that, and what do you have? Like nine point six. No, yeah, I. Uh... That, that that's not what we're getting from the uh, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics. No, and I. But I mean, when you when you get somewhere, when you, I don't I don't you you can lie to people all you want, uh, but the fact is, at the end of the day, you you can't get blood out of a turnip. I mean, people can only spend what they can spend, and I don't I don't understand why, you know, maybe the the buffoons we we don't. How come how come the school costs so much more? And it seems like people haven't learned all that much. <laughs> people come out dumber. I don't. I mean, uh, you, you, I, sometimes I think it's a negative effect. I think you go in smart and you come out stupid. But what? what I mean, just in economics, the simplest thing on earth. If somebody's home insurance goes from, uh, you know, one hundred and twenty dollars a month to one hundred and eighty, some that sixty bucks is coming out of something. I mean, everybody, no matter who you are, even if you have a kindergarten education, you must realize that if 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 a necessity like that goes up sixty. Something's coming off somewhere, right? Either 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 you push off the brakes for the car or the tires six months, or you do something. It's coming out of somewhere, it, or it may just be coming out of savings. I normally save two hundred dollars a month, and now I'm I'm, but it it doesn't miraculously appear from from God, does it? It has to come from somewhere. Oh no, it's it, it's a miracle time. Yeah, it's a miracle. Because I mean, it's is not you you find people that say everybody's out drinking. Well, you know. I don't know about that. If you go to the right places, they are there. So how do, how do we, every time... Well, that, and I, I think you've observed this phenomenon before, uh, or, or mentioned it at least. Um, and, and that is, it looks like everybody's out because places are crowded. Yeah, that's because we, we knocked half of them out of business. Right. Well, yeah, we can't, yeah, you're never supposed to mention that. Uh, so, yeah, the, the places that are left are crowded. The overall capacity... Capacity is down, and therefore uh, a smaller crowd looks like you know looks like you're operating at full capacity. You're not. You're not operating at the capacity that you were before. Well, I'm gonna my you know, it, it, there's a million subjects here, but downtown here in the South Loop, 
is, is you know is a bleep hole because we had the exchanges here and they're they're really not here. But Sirius Cafe used to be absolutely mobbed, you know, pretty much every night of the week, especially in the be summer. Be careful about saying that because when Trump said that about some countries, he got called a bigot. Uh, well, I mean, Down, I, it could be called a bigot for referring to downtown as a bleep hole. Well, when you take four thousand jobs off trading floors and all the people that supported him all in like a two-square block area. The two-square block area is not going to look the same. It probably won't. Uh, as three of the buildings here are, are in foreclosure would leave they, you. Wh- what yeah. they need to do is they need to redeploy all those cardboard cutouts that they were putting in oh, yeah. Major League Baseball stadiums when they uh, uh, yeah. when they weren't allowed to have fans. You just you just redeploy those down to uh, um, down to the financial district. Well, now you, but then you also have this, you know, a lot of people are still not coming in on Monday or Friday, so... If I were to look at the series crowd, all right, on Monday, if you and I walked in there at 5 o'clock, they wouldn't even have the outside open. The inside, there would be three tables. And we would get one drink, and then it would be last call, and they close at 6.15. Tuesday, a little bit better. Outdoors open. Wednesday, pretty good crowd. Thursday, mobbed like an old Friday. And then Friday's back to being half full. So if you're if you're a group at... at you know, when you're going to go out and spend, and these, these young kids drink. And, uh, I mean, they're getting shots. I mean, why do you need a shot at series? I have no idea because the drinks are like two and a half, three ounces. I have, or whatever. Anyway, it's a, or it's a four ounce pour, but that, neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, what basically you're saying is, is they're going to go out and they're going to blow 80 bucks or something. They're only doing it once a week, maybe twice. They're not doing it five. So you, you never really know. We uh, One of uh, John's birthday parties was at this little. The salmon bar is even open. Uh, it's over, it was over by Oprah's place in their west side. Great, oh, sure. great, yeah. great little restaurant bar. Really good fish. <clears throat> so it was pretty crowded that night, and uh, so we're sitting down at the bar afterward because nobody wanted to leave. We're having a nice time. This guy sits down next to me, and Jan's talking about. So yeah, I told you the economy's doing great. The place was crowded. <clears throat> the guy goes, "Who's your buddy?" And I go, "It's Jan. He's on CNBC, and I've seen him. Tell him, he, tell him he's full of bleep." <laughs> I go. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell him now. It's his birthday. <laughs> and he goes, he, would, he goes, he has no idea how I'm doing. You know, yes, you walk by and you see the tables full and the bar pretty full, and you say, I'm, uh, I'm doing great. Well, I mean, he goes, I'm doing better than if it was empty. That part I get. He says, but you have no idea. He goes, I'm down 20%. And he goes, I'm down 5% on people. Which you would never know whether I was, you know, there were 100 people in here or, or 95. You'd never know that. He said, well, I'm down 15% on ticket. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I have a lot of really good bottles of wine, you know, so a while ago for, for 25, 30, 35 bucks. Uh, he goes, but I have bottles that are 60 and 70. I, he goes, I haven't sold at 60 or 70 in three weeks. And everybody used to have a dessert. Now nobody has a dessert. And oh, by the way, the after dinner drinks, nobody has one of those. Or you have a bottle of wine, you don't have a drink first. He said, you would have no idea if that table of four normally is 150 and now it's down to 125. Only I would know that. So when people make these grandiose ideas like I walk by, it looked to me like they're doing good, therefore they are. He goes, that's all BS. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You mind if I tell them tomorrow? No, you can tell them tomorrow. <laughs> but I mean, that's, you know, the way he explained it to me, Kevin, I mean, I never really thought it through quite like that, but he's right. How would how would anybody know, really? Unless you, except for him. Yep, yeah, you don't. You don't unless you you know, and unless you uh, know the cost structure, unless you just know the whole business model. You don't, and um, 
that's why I just so much love the uh, pronouncements in Congress that they make occasionally yeah, right. when they tell us, you know, who's making too much money and who isn't. Well, I'm going to say the people making too much money are the people with their nose up the ass of government because they don't deserve the money they're making. Now, other people, most people who make more money work harder. Not all the time, but generally. I mean, some people just inherit it, right? I mean, but... You know what I'm trying to say. And and then you say, good for you. Nice. Yeah. Good fortune for you. Yeah. I, uh, hey, so um, Major League Baseball, other than the uh, the White and Sox. Very, very good to me. Yeah, very, very good to me. Uh, who was that? Was that? Uh, was Chico he? Escuela. I thought Garrett it was. Morris a, playing. Garrett yeah, Morris Garrett Morris. Morris. <laughs> <laughs> God, he was. <laughs> baseball been very, very good. Uh, so other than teams like the Sox and so forth, we were having a little debate last night, and I dug out the standings. God, there's going to be like seven or eight teams in these wild card things. I mean, there's all kinds of teams that are. This the last couple of months of the season could be really interesting. Yeah, it really could be. I think this is the time of the season when a few of them are going to fall by the wayside, uh, and a few of them are going to rally and get hot. And you know, we've been looking at at really bad divisions for uh, for a while, um, and yet. You know, you watch somebody in in each of the two central divisions that have been so bad all year. Somebody's going to get hot and, and crowd, you know, eighty eight to ninety wins. Um, it, you know, that that that's just what's going to happen here. And yeah, if you look at the if you look at the standings for the wild card, um, it's there. There's a lot of teams in it. Cubs are only what two games out of it. Well, if you look at the uh, just from memory of last night. There's a couple of teams that are, are absolutely in the wild card, seemingly. Uh, but the the teams like the Cubs that are, let's say, high 50s to low 50s, 58 and 52, 58 and 53, they're all in it. And there's like seven of those teams. Sort of, you, you get, yeah, so if I'm looking at the National League right now, you have the first-place teams, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Cincinnati. Um, and, uh, excuse me, those are the wild card teams. The leaders are Atlanta, the, uh, Los Angeles, and Milwaukee. Then you, the teams that are in are San Francisco, Philadelphia, Cincinnati. And then the Marlins um, are only a half game behind, uh, you know, behind Cincinnati. Arizona, a uh, game and a half behind Cincinnati. And the Cubs, too. And the Cubs, you know, did a lot of catching up against Cincinnati this week. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think they went in, what, they pick up two games? So they were four yeah. behind them before. Um, and and it doesn't look you know it doesn't look to me Cincinnati's got a lot of good players and they're and they're a tough team, but it looks like they have some holes in the pitching staff and I don't know that they plugged them at the at the trade deadline so um, you know so they they could be one of those teams that uh, that makes a turn to the south now. Well, is anybody? Here's a question for you: Like if uh, you and Maddie Weber together, with all your knowledge, can answer this question, but. Is Cincinnati this week? And I don't, I don't follow them as close as certainly as Maddie does. They played seven games in a row, maybe more, as have the Cubs. And they had a couple of uh, starts that were for Stunkin, where the guys didn't make it out of the first or second inning. Yep. Now the question is, can anybody's bullpen withstand that? I mean, I don't think they're unusual in that. I don't, I don't know if anybody's. If you've got eight games in well, a row or something. to give you an idea, the uh, um, you know uh, the uh, second game that the Cubs won after scoring twenty runs, they just left the guy in and said, "Take your beating." Well, and then they brought the catcher in trying to throw the knuckleball. Well, it, yeah, late uh, late game. You, you're, yeah, you're very limited in what you can do with position players anymore. So uh, yeah, we down eight. Yeah, is it eight or nine? I think it's eight. Uh, I don't know. It's a big number. Yeah, 
It's like the slaughter roll in softball. Only you yeah. got to bring, bring in another pitcher. Yeah, it's it's just a variation on the slaughter roll. That's right. <laughs> God. Uh, then the North Side teams call it the mercy rule. How, how, how weird is yeah, that? we always called it the slaughter. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying. But you know, I mean, I the uh, I don't know if anybody's bullpen bullpen can handle that. You know, and then uh, you get a day off and get a couple guys recharged, and somebody pitches eight innings for you, and all of a sudden. You're kind of bad, you know, like they say. Or, or, or you get hot, you know. Yeah. You, you, you get hot and, and don't need uh, some of those guys as much. You know, what what did the Cubs do when uh, when they were scoring 20 and then, what, 12 runs or 16 or whatever it is they scored the second uh, the second day? Um, they they were pitching the relievers who hardly ever pitched. I think uh, um, Al Salai, their closer, came in last night for the first time since Friday. Just to get some work, probably. Uh, yeah. Well, it, no, they needed him for the save. But okay. they did a four-out save for him because uh, they, you know, he he had pl- a fresh arm. Because um, they they only won five to three, yeah. and it was four to three when they brought him in. Well, I mean, I just the uh, it's it's it really is. It's not sometimes it's not who you play; it's when you play him, right? I mean, uh, yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And and they have you know Cubs have to play Atlanta this weekend, and Atlanta is the best team they're the hottest team they they have this incredible penchant for scoring in the first inning um so that that'll be an indicator that we'll see this afternoon hey uh, tell me this um you know just looking at the uh, offensive uh, stats uh for major league baseball and looking at ops and for our listeners who don't get into these kinds of numbers ops is on base plus slugging so you know you want guys who get on base you want guys who are disciplined and not only will they get their base hits but they'll take their walks um but then the slugging uh number it gets added to it because a guy obviously who hits more extra base hits is uh, uh and gets on base is more valuable than a guy who hits a bunch of singles and gets on base right Okay, so that's that's what's behind it. The Cubs had exactly one guy, or have exactly one guy in the top twenty-five. Can you name him? Uh, an OPS. Yep. Uh, and, and 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 it's it's not Bellinger, and he's two at bats away from qualifying for that standing anyway. But he, when he when he does, he will be in the top fifty, but he won't be in the top twenty-five. Well, now you're saying qualifying. If shortstop was hurt too, I would say him. Well. Uh, Swanson, no, Swanson yeah. is Swanson is qualified, and he is not in the top twenty-five, but he's in the top fifty. Well, uh, the only other guy could possibly be in Hap, which I or in Hap's or, just or outside the top fifty. Or Horner, it's Jamer Candelario. Really? Oh, the guy they just got. All right, that's a, yeah, that's a they tri- just got. Yeah, that, that's a trick question. Is that is a trick question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but but nevertheless, it, it tells you a lot about them. They you know they they have guys climbing up in that. Um, but what they've really done since they got their entire team back, because um, we've been talking all year about how you know they're an incomplete team, um, but now that they have their entire team back, they can play Candelario at first base. Um, but then they also have um, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, 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 Nick. Um, Nick. We have to have the White Sox. Uh, uh, Madrigal, yeah. Nick Madrigal, uh, who's he's not great, but he's not bad. You know, <laughs> he's he, he's okay, um, and he's playing a decent third base for them, and so they don't have to play. Uh, um, you know, they they can spot play. Uh, you know, uh, the the other guys at third Pat- base. Patrick when Wisdom, yeah. yeah. Well, Patrick Wisdom, especially, who's just having a really terrible season uh, after a, a you know a hot streak in April. Um, 
but if you know if you look at magic, you still, you still uh, bring you still brings it through run homer when you least expect it. Which you know anybody with twenty home runs is going to keep getting that look. Hoping yeah. it, hoping they'll. But you know, Kevin, I. But, but the other thing is, there, there's two things I want to observe about them. One is it's a really fast team now. With everybody yeah. there, it, it's a you know they're they're very fast. Um, so they they cover a lot of ground on defense, and they run the bases really. I don't well. think they're as fast um, Cincinnati, but they're fast. They might not be, but they're a fast team, and the Cubs have not historically been a fast team. Um, the part two of it is, I think this is a team that's really built for the new rules. However, on purpose that is, I don't know. I think that would be an interesting question for their brain trust. But now that you can get a ground ball through the uh, uh, out, you know, through the infield, um, you know, or, or at least you know they, they can't just put everybody on the only side where you can hit. Now that you can get a ground ball through there, now that you can run the bases and, and steal some bases because that's been re- reinserted into the game, you know, all of those kinds of things that uh, that weren't as important over in recent years and have become available more available to them are the things that the cubs do and it's interesting to see this unfold if if this group stays healthy for the rest of the season i think they're you know it's it's more than oh goody we might get the last uh uh we, we might get into the last playoff spot and 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 get a little bit of experience for the young guys being in the playoffs they might actually be a a, a threat to do some damage well uh Baltimore's kind of in the same boat. They're, I think so. But, you yeah. know, I, I, we got a dash I, here. I went to, get to a game. I went to Cubs versus Baltimore earlier this year. I really like their team. Um, we have to get Carl here in a second, but I, I'm going to lob this one out there, Kevin. See what you could say. We discuss it more next Wednesday. I think in in my whole lifetime, going to Wrigley Field since the first time I went there was like seven. I'm going to say that the <laughs> management, with a, with a couple of exceptions, has totally screwed up their design of the team all along. It, it, it's it's considered to be this big hitter's ballpark because of the wind blowing out in day baseball. That's a crock of crap. Most of the time, it's a it's a defense and speed park, even though it's small. In the days that the wind is blowing out, you don't need thumpers because your dead grandmother could hit one out. So the team, the years that they have had really good speed, uh, Bobby Dernier, Jerome Walton, Ryan Sandberg, they've been they've been even 2016 yeah, team had good right. speed but the idea that you're going to have you're going to have a bunch of thump thumper station to station kind of guys that's not cuz a whole month of april and may i mean you're lucky to get one out of there basically i mean it, it it it's a it's a speed and defense park and i think it's been totally mismanaged from 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 god knows what 1918 or something because they think it's a thumper's park and it's not yeah, and, and if you look down their lineup and, and say the only guy in that you would consider, you know, a starter, a regular starter, uh, the catcher, Ryan Gomes, is probably the only guy who's not fast. But you look down, you got, you know, right now it looks like they're splitting right field with uh, um, with uh, Tuckman and Suzuki. They can both move. Horner, Hap, Bellinger, Swanson, Morell, Candelario, uh, Madrigal, those guys are, can all scoot. Yeah, um, and and it's it's kind of fun to watch. It's a style of baseball I like. Oh, I love and, it. I love uh, it. Um, and and so they've gotten to be fun to watch. It, it you know their their question right now is do they have the starting pitching to push them through, um, and are they you know what's going to be the deal with Stroman after he comes off well, it's the also, IL? It's a it's a shot fired against the stat people of the world. I'm not going to take a shot at poor Matty Webber. He's not here. It's a shot at the stat people. You and I know that baseball is much more of a team game. And Ian Hap talked about it this morning on the way in. 
People are taking their at-bats, they're getting their pitches, and they're not worried about them getting a walk because the guy behind them can hit. If you, if you do that and you, think, and, and you can't just pitch around people, uh, it's way harder for a pitcher. I used to know that I mean, you pitch against a good softball team versus a crummy softball team, even the crummy teams had two guys on there at least that could hurt you. Well, the the other yeah. part of that too, of of working the at bats and working the pitch counts and so on, is, you know, if you can get their starter out of there with a uh, hundred pitches at the end of five innings, you know, who are the best? Uh, generally, the best pitchers on any team: the starters, yeah. the closer, and maybe the eighth inning guy. Well, if you can have the sixth and the seventh against the uh, worst pitchers on their team, you can feast. Oh yeah, it's like Jerry's kids. So that's part of it uh, being a team game as well. SP Futures up three seventy five. Nasdaq Futures up nineteen. Kevin, good stuff. We'll be right back. Carl Denninger, it's our big Labor Day. Carl will take these numbers apart. 7.30 numbers come out. Be right back. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Something happening here. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Howie Andrew on the board. SP Futures up four. NASA Futures up 21. Do we have the professor, Carl? 
Oh, I don't know about Professor, but okay. Did you see now there's a massive debate here? I don't know if you saw this. The American Airlines pilot that basically told people how to behave. Now they've had the big debate. It was patronizing, and now some Harvard guy says he's in charge. You get to do it, and uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so now there's a big debate as to whether the guy was too patronizing for people. You know, <laughs> I, I get up this morning. I do, you know, I do a little bit of prep before I come on with you guys. I listen to your first hour and kind of scan the news and the wire services and stuff and see what's going on. There's an article up on Fox News this morning called Blue Collar Bias. The, the uh, byline is, younger generations are crafting a very disturbing job trend. That's that's the two two little phrases on their top page, and then, you know, you drill into it and you read it. Okay. Um, and basically, it's it's a bunch of folks that employ people in the trades all complaining that they can't find anybody who knows how to read a ruler, uh, can't find anybody that can do basic arithmetic. Uh, you know, here, here's a dimensional drawing. Go weld this up for me. Uh, yeah, how do, how do I do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Right, okay. Oh, you got to cut 45-degree angles. What's that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and, oh, by the way, you got to show up and not be stoned while you're on the job. Uh, especially, you know, especially if you're running a punch press, you don't punch your hand. Well, uh, uh, you know, you could weld your finger onto yeah. that uh, piece of uh, that piece of metal too. So, yeah, I mean, so we got some, you know, we got some stuff there. Uh, fine. Now, here's the problem. Um, you're going to pay this guy to do this job twenty bucks an hour. It's forty grand a year, right? Two thousand hours for. Yep. You know, 50 weeks of 40-hour weeks, we, you know, it's a standard. Assuming you're going to actually have it full-time, therefore he gets benefits and you know health insurance everything else. Uh, problem. Uh, the houses in your area are 400 grand. That's a problem, yeah. So you seem to think that you should be able to hire somebody to build said house um, at a wage that it takes him 10 years of said wages to buy said house. Uh, Henry, Henry Ford understood this problem when he started building Model T's, which is why he did what he did with both his employees and with the pricing on his cars. He understood that if he did that sort of thing, that he would not have a mass market because the people that he paid to build the cars couldn't buy the cars. And that fundamentally, if you have an economy that's designed that way, um, eventually people are going to figure this stuff out you can play this abusive game with the general public for quite a period of time because let's face it whether you want to or not americans are largely stupid collectively yeah well, well i'm not saying individually i'm saying you know i'm saying it generally speaking okay i mean you know, Einstein even observed that, uh, you know, the universe and, and two things that are infinite are, are the universe and stupidity, and he's not sure about the universe. Well, I, I, when, I when I say that, I, my, well, you've been in more boardrooms than me, but it's amazing to me how a bunch of people who individually are very bright collectively can be dumb as a rock. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you, you just take a look. Take, take a look at the stuff that's come out in the last few days, Okay. 
Uh, you know, they just indicted the president again. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, by the way, while I think there is a point to some of the other stuff, uh, this one is astounding that they would bring a charge like that, that they would bring that set of charges. I, I personally find that astounding that they would do that. Uh, let me let me point out that this is the same prosecutor that tried to do this, uh, essentially removed uh, a governor by doing this, and then that conviction was ultimately thrown out by the by the appeals courts. And the guy, okay. whoever it is, is probably broke because he had to pay the legal bills. That's the part I've been railing on for two days. I don't know if you've listened to it. Well, all. yeah, yeah. And that's you know, and, okay. Trump's got the money now. Now Trump. Hey, what do you mean? He's, well, yes, but whoa, whoa, I never want to well, disagree. Well, now, now hold on. Four forty yeah, no, million dollars no, no, no. a lot of dough. That's I mean, uh, they, Chief. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying this is the right. The, yeah. You know, the right thing to do. Okay. What I, the other thing that I disagree with is the the behavior that it's enabling because right. he has also been clandestinely. Uh, you know, it's it's disclosed, but not really very well, that he's transferring money out of political donations to fund this. Is it? I I. Let me ask you a question: Is that even addressed in the campaign financing laws? Is, um, is it right or wrong? I don't even know. I mean, so oh, what, so is it legal or yeah, illegal? Well, I'm not going to say right or wrong. It's a, it's a different well, question. Is it legal well, or it's, illegal? It's it's the way he's doing it isn't illegal. Okay. Okay, I you know this is what I get from being a treasurer for a for a congressional campaign is I I know my way in broad strokes around what you can do and what you can't. I mean, there's there's fine areas. I mean, I'm not an attorney, and there's fine areas of this that uh, you know that uh, I'd I'd be like uh, I'm not so sure about that one. Go at, go as a lawyer, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but this one I I do understand how he's doing it because I've looked into it, and the way he's doing it is legal. Um, however, it is blindingly misleading. Um, not that that's a surprise, the way that PACs operate these days, right? Uh, you know, gee, how many of those are out there that, uh, you know, that, 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 the campaign itself cannot do this, cannot, cannot pay uh, personal expenses of any kind, including personal legal expenses of a candidate, okay? The exception is, believe it or not, that a political campaign can actually pay a candidate a salary. Okay. All right, which is kind of weird. But, yep, yep. But, yeah, that's that's actually legit. Uh, of course, it has to be a reasonable, you know, I mean, you get into that whole thing. But the the way he's doing it is not against the law. All right, so there are people, and I can say I... Here's my complaint There are people who want to help him with the legal... How, how, would, how would that work if somebody just said... God, you know they're 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 abusing this guy. Even if he's guilty, they're abusing him. I want to contribute a million bucks. Or that wouldn't be me. How would that person do that to his campaign or to his legal fees? Well, that's that gets complicated because you know you start running into gift tax issues and things like this, right? I mean, okay. there's there's ways to do it at an estate level that do not implicate gift tax immediately, but it counts against you on a permanent basis later on when you die. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't really want to. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to have to die to give the guy money. Well, I'm just uh, no, no. What I'm saying is like <laughs> It'd be kind of a high know, price to pay. Well, there's a there's a there is a cap on the amount that you can transfer to somebody at death uh, without having to pay estate tax. Right. Okay. Okay. At a federal level, you can do that without having died first. However, if you do that, number one, you have to file it because you know because you have to keep track of it for the I the IRS. Has, you know, tracks this. 
Uh, but it's permanent because obviously, you know, if you know if you use a million of that now, uh, that's a million of it you can't leave to your kid. There are there right? are there are people, uh, Carl. I mean, really foolish people I know that might actually think that if you made three million bucks legitimately and sent the guys a check for a million, whatever it is, thirty-five percent of it, in the state, in the city, and every other loser that's up your butt. That the other two million, you could do with it what you wish. You, but you would, you would think that that would be a possibility, but I guess it really isn't, huh? Well, there's, yeah, it, it's there's. I mean, things get kind of convoluted. But I mean, why but should I, if I want to so, give it to you? Why can't I? I, I just paid my tax. It's mine, or, or maybe well, it isn't really well, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I get it. I'm just, I'm just pointing <laughs> I, it out to people that these are these these funds that they're trying to tax again have been taxed before. Is what I want. Well, that's to say. well, that's right. And this is, but and this is one of the big screw jobs. In the way that our system is set up, is that uh, once I've paid my once I've paid taxes on funds that I earned, they ought to be mine, right? And what I do with it beyond that point ought to be nobody's business except mine, right? Okay, provided you're not throwing Al Capone. I mean, you know, well, I, uh, yeah, 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 but I, but I, I mean, you know, obviously, if I'm bribing people, okay, it's a different thing. But but if I want to give it to somebody. There should be no consequences either to them or to me because I already paid the taxes. Right. All right. Now that's you know that's not the way it works. Um, now of course there's an awful lot of that that goes on that doesn't get recorded and uh, you know there's there's a lot of uh, especially within families where there's a lot of soft uh, you know soft transfers uh, that you know that like it or not I mean you know they're. I mean, technically, are you supposed to account for them? Well, well, my, infl- my inflation rant and rave, it, it's real easy. <laughs> for, I mean, I, I don't, if, if I ever said, you know, and Audrey's the best, if I ever took, sent Audrey out, and I, suppose I bought a new house, and all of a sudden I won the lottery or something, here, go out and buy me some furniture, I can only imagine what the tab on that would be <laughs> if I just gave her a blank check. And all of a sudden, if I say, you know what, Carl, I don't like the color of this furniture, you can have it, there's 60 grand, nobody will ever know that I gave you. Right, uh, right, and that's. Uh, but see, that's uh, you know, there's all kinds of, of uh, you know, sort of interesting things like this. So I, but what I what I find astounding is that we have had you know, I am no fan of Trump as as uh, you know and your oh, listeners yeah. know. You've you know, I mean, you've you've heard me rant about that guy for you know for a long time. But, he, but he's a citizen. He's a he's a human being, and he's a citizen. He's a citizen of the United States. He's supposed to have the same rights as everybody else in, this, yes. in the United States. Okay, uh, not more rights, not less li- rights. The same. Right. And and yet, you know, is that is that true? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now at the same time. We now have, you know, for, for years, all the way back to when Biden started running for president, there were questions about Hunter and what he was doing and the laptop and, and you know, all this other stuff. Biden's statement very clearly during the campaign, and he had maintained it up until very, very recently, was that he had zero connection to anything that Hunter was doing. Now, Hunter, you know, okay, Hunter was a crack addict and, you know, whatever. Uh, hey, listen, you know, uh, I've known plenty of people in my life that have been drug addicts, and it's a terrible thing. Yeah, the story thing. was he found his own friends in Congress, his own stuff, and never had anything to do with me, and I didn't pay any attention. He's an adult, 
and he's that, a, that's he, his story. He's, yeah. he, he's an adult, and he was badly screwed up. He's getting better. And you know, hey, listen, a, a lot of bad crap happened in our family. We had a, you know, we had another guy that you know that died of brain cancer. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen, people go through all kinds of crap in their life, and I, it, I understand that. Now we have a letter on official White House stationery signed by Joe Biden with a handwritten note on the bottom. So this was not an auto pen signature either. <laughs> okay. Um, that explicitly references Seneca and the, the Archer and, and Hunter's presence at a official state luncheon with the president of China. Really? Wow. Okay. And, and oh, by the way, it's good to see you guys as family together. Now, this is Hunter and Archer. The Archer's the guy who died? No, Archer's the guy who who got busted. Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. And, and just recently gave testimony to the Oversight Committee, and, uh, and the DOJ is noticing him to show up to serve his sentence. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. What was, what was, the, what was the name of the kid who died? Right, I forgot. Uh, that was Bo. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, no. Hunter, uh, this other guy, uh, Archer, is not a relative. He, there's no blood relationship. Okay, all right. I, I, I he's, mixed he's up just, the two names. He's, no, he's just Hunter's, Hunter's, you know, other uh, co-conspirator and or you know, business partner, whatever you want to call him. Uh, with all of this BS that went on, you know, not but not just with Ukraine, with China as well. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, uh, I don't. And, think... and oh, by and oh, by the way, this is you know, this is now the the uh, half the aisle is is like, oh, this is uh, this is no big deal. But by the way, we got to we got to throw uh, you know, ex President Trump in prison. Yeah, how uh, how but this other but this other guy who who by the way um, has now admitted under oath that the only reason Barisma didn't go out of business was because of the political interference from Washington and Joe Biden directly. Carl, I, don't, I, uh, I mean, as you, I don't know if you had a chance, but this has been kind of my, my theme of the week. I, this whole idea of prosecutorial you know, discretion, but I'm going to say the, the one, I, I, you know, you guys are more up on the, on the, uh, the Biden stuff, but I, uh, I've always had a personal, uh, f- basically thrown up my behind, Regarding Hillary, because of the trades getting her account that weren't her trades, because it's my right. it's my business, and I don't ever want anybody else's trades. I traded for twenty years, and I only took my own. I, it, there's an honor. Oh, the, oh, the cattle yeah. the cattle futures thing. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was I just utterly stupid. Which I could never. I would never vote for the lady if she was dog catcher and she only one running. But uh, this this thing with uh, them and the overseas. I mean, I'm more up on this one than I am on the Biden stuff, unfortunately. Uh, because the Biden stuff seems like it's worse by the day, but the idea that she had this overseas charitable place, and all they're doing is paying people working on the campaign and getting money from right. Them. But I mean, if you go back to, you, you, you probably you, maybe you could convince me if you if you knew more about it than I did. I'm going to say that with the Bush's oil stuff, that he took money from Panama, Bush one, and the Saudis for his campaign. I mean, they all love the guy, right? I mean, and the Saudis managed to get money everywhere they want to. You know, I, I couldn't prove that in court, but I might. So my so my solution, my solution, Carl, is at this time, let's take whatever law that is 
and bleep can it. I don't want finally you or Lou or somebody to run for president and because some little blue-haired lady from Britain who happens to listen to the show, and I know there's a few, sends you a $100 contribution and all of a sudden now this is an outrage and they prosecute you over this $100 after it's going on for 40 years. I mean, just let's get rid of the law. Let's, let's do something. I mean, I, what, I don't know what else you can do. You have seven people you haven't prosecuted and you're waiting for the guy you don't like to prosecute with this law. I mean, what are we doing? I, 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 can't even, I, don't even, I can't even describe it. Well... You know, I, I this is this is just one of these things that I look at, and I and the, the, the when you look at what's happened over the last number of years, okay, we put fifty percent on the federal budget, with the excuse for this being that there was a terrible virus, yeah, and it was and and by God, it was killing people, we, and we, we gave cannot, money to the people we wanted to give money to, like we always do. Well, and, you know, it, we, we cannot take the economic uh, pain and struggle that will come if we, you know, direct people to shut down their businesses. We enforce this at gunpoint, which, by the way, happened in the state of Florida. So those people who think that Ron DeSantis is some kind of a god in this regard, you're nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he literally sent cops into a couple of local eateries and drinking places where I used to live. These are people I personally know and forcibly closed them with police, with guns. Well, the, the people downstairs. With, so, with I don't, so I don't want to hear, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I know the same thing happened in a lot of, you know, pretty much everywhere else, right? But I don't want to hear how, you know, one guy's so much, and by the way, he is, you know, okay, he changed his mind later on. But you know what I did not hear from him? I was wrong. Oh, no, you'll never hear that. We, well, you know what? The, then, then you don't think you were wrong. The, the, okay? uh, no, you you can't ever say that because people. Well, I, yeah. I I I get this. I understand the political calculus. Okay, I get it. But if you don't admit that you screwed up, then from your point of view, you didn't screw up. If if you if you've ever been a traitor even for a month, you get used to saying that you were wrong. God, I was uh -huh. I, I was long and the stock went down. I better straighten this out or I'm not going to oh, have any gee, money. Uh, you, oh, oh, gee, you know what? I wouldn't have any money right now if I wasn't willing to do that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right, because I'd be broke. I would have, yeah. We're, gonna, we're, I, try, we're not going to break yet. We're going to go to break early so we can, uh, you know, the place downstairs, O'Neill's. Uh, somehow or another, uh, Carl, in the, the labyrinth of stupid rules regarding the, the COVID, if you had a bar that had a, a sliding glass window, you know, that you right. can open up. You got to use, I'm going to say, the, the first 12 or 15 feet inside the window. You could put Because it was counted as outdoors. It was sort of like counted this? outdoors. And so um, let's just say that my group never missed, never missed a beat. If we wanted to meet, we found a place <laughs> to <do> it. <laughs> you know what? It's, a, it's the way I've always been. If I want to do something, I found a spot. You know, screw them. And I, so we would meet downstairs, and somebody get there early, and we get the table right by the window. And some nights right. it was like ten degrees. <laughs> and then, then somebody like try and close it a little bit. They actually showed up a couple of nights. Lori's people. I'm not sure she was behind it. And like measured one of the tables and was like a foot too far in, and they gave them a warning or something. They said, "Oh, don't, don't close the window, God. If they come by and see the windows closed, we're going to get all busted." Getting pretty cold in there. <laughs> it was like 10 well, degrees. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't want to know what their heating bill looked like for that month, right? Oh, I mean, God, yeah. Know. I mean, just... <laughs> but, I mean, but, I mean, you know, so, and then, uh, so Audrey and I, there's a place out south, uh, 
I don't know if it tells the name of it. Uh, I'll think of it. But it, it started as a speakeasy, like back in the 20s or something, or the 30s. Oh, yeah. And, and it's still got the same drapes and rug, I think, that are in there. Uh, Jack Gibbons. So Audrey goes, I think Gibbons is still open. And I go, really? So we head over there. The only thing different was they had the lights out in the parking lot, and normally a valley parking, they didn't have valley parking. So I had to park the Suburban around the back. We go, and they maybe move the tables like a couple of feet further apart. The same people are in there, and I'm finding, you know, me talking to everybody, imagine that. There's a group next to us. I'm t- I start talking to the guy, and the guy goes, he goes, this is such BS. He goes, I work all day long. He goes, I haven't stopped working. I, you know, I'm, in a, I'm in, a, in a business where I see people. I can't stop. I forget what he was in, construction, doing something, something. He goes, you're telling me I can't go out to dinner, but I can, I can still do my job. I mean, you're out of your mind. And, of course, the, you're not supposed to be in the bar. The bar's packed. <laughs> no. Right. Well, you know, so, there was so much of this. But it, oh, yeah. it's, I, I look, the thing is, though, is that, all right, so let's say that I just, just for grins and giggles, I accept all of the, the we had to do it because there was a bad virus. Okay, now I, I think there was a lot of BS with this, but leave that aside for a moment. Guess what? The virus is now no longer like this huge emergency, right? Yeah. I mean, it isn't gone. It's never going to be gone. It's like every other respiratory virus. It's never going to be gone. But the emergency is over. Okay, but the spending has not. Yeah, we're going to do extra break here. We'll, have, we'll talk about this every night. But you're right. I, I'm, I'll, upon, upon review, Carl, I'll concede him the first month. Oh. Yes, I'll give I'll give them thirty days, but you yeah. know what? We were supposed to have two weeks to slow the spread. Yeah, and, and guess who did all of that? SP Futures up eight, Nasdaq is up thirty. We're gonna have very very short traffic weather and sports here. Be right back as the numbers coming out in a second here. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Howe. Andrew on the board. We have the uh, numbers here that have just come out. Um, we got 187 versus 200. The unemployment rate is. Uh, the uh, is 3.5 versus 3.6 last month, but the uh, let me get the S and P futures up 12, Nasdaq futures up 50. Kind of like them because it's a little less, and uh, which means uh, you know we're we're still in that crazy bad news is good news sort of stuff that really always uh, always makes it very difficult to trade and do anything because it's kind of a negative world you're in. But now futures are up only four, so. Over in Europe. Now, these numbers, you know, these numbers are all going to be a couple of minutes late because of these numbers. Andrew, why don't you do a quick traffic weather sports and we'll worry about this other stuff later. All right, we'll get right on that. Uh, starting off with some Chicago sports, Seti. White Sox lost yesterday. See, sorry, White Sox lose every day. Yep, that they do. Yep. <laughs> That's it. They lost to the Rangers 5-3. Uh, to three. But meanwhile, the Cubs won against the Reds, uh, also 5-3. to three. And the Diamondbacks lost to the Giants, and in their game, 1-0. Over here in Chicago, we are currently at 77 degrees. We have sunny skies. We're going to have a high of 83 today, and that's going to hit around 2 p.m. And over in Phoenix, they're currently at 87 degrees. they got clear skies. They're going to have a high of 108 today, and that's going to hit around 5 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, looks like, uh, well, got to say, barely any changes from our first hour. Uh, we have some uh, inbound traffic on the uh, Stevenson, Eisenhower, and the uh, Kennedy Expressway. Uh, but other than that, on the outbound, just look out a little bit on the uh, <clears throat> on 94 and outbound Eisenhower, and that's really about it for today. Carl, should we give uh, give Andrew an assignment to find uh, Angelica's world's best sports report when she goes, Bulls lose to Pistons, who cares, all they do is lose? <laughs> well, you know, in that incredible Ukrainian <laughs> accent that everybody loved, who cares? Oh, yeah. I go, I go. They're not pistons; they're pistons. She goes, "What's a piston anyway?" I goes, "Well, it's a part of a car. Why would anybody yeah. name a team a part of a car?" <laughs> I just say because well, it goes because it goes up and down. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I, I just uh, say Angelica was that big on sports. What, so, what do we got going here? Well, so. Um, there's a bunch of interesting stuff. I haven't gotten into the into the wage and hour yet, but I've looked at the top level. Well, uh, you know, while we're on break, the I would say that this is a report that says we're basically at stall speed, and it and it's it's there's some undercurrents in here that are pretty bad, 
but not catastrophically so. So kind of like we're, we're sort of floating along just above the runway, right at stall speed. But if you don't either add power, uh, if, if you don't add power and you pull a stick back, you're going in the ground, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, and you're going to have a bad day. The, um, the, you got a three-month trend now, which I, is, is always my marker. Uh, is is you know one month is a glitch, two is you know okay three three you sit up and pay attention. Um, there's a three month trend that's not very strong, but on an employment population basis is negative. Okay, in other words, you know the number of people we add into the civilian workforce you have to account for. Right, I've got I've got an, on the other page that I look at where you guys always have this little debate. Uh, I've got 150,000 people. Well, I've got. Roughly two hundred thousand people entering what could be in the workforce, and I got uh, two hundred thousand, one hundred fifty being in the next column, which is uh, uh, employed or unemployed. I've got one hundred fifty thousand employed. The big move seems to have come, Carl, from the, the we don't know what they're doing column into the not or we move people from the unemployed column into the we don't know what they're doing column. So the actual amount of people. Unemployed and looking for a job is down like 130,000 people. Yet right. Some of those went just right over into we don't know what they're doing. Well, it, the, the unadjusted numbers are not in labor force went down a little bit. Okay. Um, but it, at, I look at the 12-month rate of change uh, for both the employed figure and the population figure. Okay, because I, I hate this month-over-month month thing. It's, it's, you know, Christmas comes the same time every year. Uh, and and I have zero faith in any of these so-called seasonal adjustments or whatever have you. Um, but what I see here, this is the third month now that that number's been negative. And, and the, uh, there are one-month glitches that happen all the time that are, and, and you know, this is pre-pandemic, looking back at that. Because during the pandemic, all this stuff was all screwed up. All the metrics were way off, especially... When you looked at anything, you know, 2020 versus 2019, right? Because you know everybody got laid off. Yep. Um, but when you when you go back and you look at the data back, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, there's a, there's a lot of short term uh, glitches in here. But this is the third month now, and the first one uh, from May was was severely negative, 500,000, which is a, that's a that's a big delta on a 12 month run rate basis. The last two, though, have been um, has have been neg eighty five, neg seventy five, and these these kinds of numbers imply a decent amount of softening. The other thing that's interesting is that in the employment categories, from educational attainment, which you know I talk about all the time, uh, the losses in the not in the on, on a percentage basis because this is this is a month when you have a lot of people that come out of the didn't have a degree at all didn't have a high school diploma to now I got one all right it shows up in July even though most people graduate in June right right from high school but it shows up in the July report it just depends on where the sample date falls but uh, but frequently does show up there um, so that a lot of people will miss that because that number, the the population size in that bucket goes down when people graduate high school. But if you look at the employment population ratio, that you know that takes that adjustment off both sides. Those people lost jobs last month. Now that's the unskilled labor bucket. 
All right, so now you have that, and then you have everybody else just kind of kind of stuck where they were. So again, this isn't this isn't a recessionary print; it's a warning. Uh, it's one that says, "Okay, we've got, you know, we're, we're at stall speed. Are we going to spiral into the ground, or are we going to find our feet and, you know, and keep uh, keep going?" And I and I don't think that there's a, you know, we don't know yet. But I but I certainly don't like that. I mean, three months in a row, that's you don't want to see that trend there. All right, you just don't. And um, that's that's where it is and uh, you know but I've talked about this thing with with the inflationary impulse and uh <laughs> you know back to last September I was saying it's the, the that second pulse is in the system it's coming and now we're seeing uh, take a look at what's going on with gasoline well, yeah, it, was in, it was in the uh the money supply has actually gone up the last two months yeah well you know the the inflationary impulse is there it was it's and now we have, uh, you know, Fitch says basically, you know, oh, by the way, no, no AAA for you. Uh, and there's, you know, and Yellen got all bent out of shape about that and issued a statement. So, did, uh, so did your two biggest buddies, uh, Jamie Dimon and uh, Warren Buffett. Yeah, well, both of them can bite me, okay, yeah. because they know full well what the issue is. And, and the bottom line, and then, and oh, by the way, Treasury comes out and, and basically says we're going to issue a record amount of new debt in the next three months, okay, before the close of the fiscal. All right, would you mind uh, taking a minute or two here and explaining something to me, Lucy, me being Lucy? Uh, I'm looking at this, the numbers I'm looking at here, it's, it's very simple, well, it's somewhat simple if you're looking at it. There's a, there's a whole bunch of people that are over the age of 16 that are potentially in the labor force, correct? Correct. And then there's a, then there's a big number, 167 million people and these are numbers a little different than yours, that are, quote, in the labor force, of which 161 million are working, 5.8 million are officially unemployed, and there's 99.899 million that we don't know what they're doing. Now, they could be students, they could be retired, they could be God knows what. But the, the thing that I always found when, when people, my first class ever in economics, Carl, I remember to this day, it was at Notre Dame, and the professor said, the, the dumbest number out there is called the unemployment rate because yep. we, we can't figure it out. Here it is how many years later, and it's still the num- dumbest number out there. So my question is, we're, we're trying to figure out the people that are actively working we're ignoring everybody else. So there I am, minding my own business, walking to my truck the other night, and right across the street I see probably 10 or 12 people that look like they're, I don't think they were going to Lollapalooza a day early. I think they're, they're homeless, but God bless, Carl, they're, they're 25 and 30 years old. There's couples. I know. There's couples. They look in good shape. They might be on some kind of drugs, but it, it's not obvious by looking at them yet. It looks like they could go work tomorrow morning. Where are they counted? Are, are they even counted any place? I mean, they, well, they're in the civilian, non-institutional population. Okay, but do they show up anywhere else? Is a good question. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, you're either in the labor force or you're not in the labor force. But you know, I mean, that's. I mean, I can't. I can't believe that. We have 5.8 million people that are unemployed, yet we got 10 million that are homeless. Well, God, that's kind of a bigger number. They, some of them, I think, would want to work tomorrow if they had a job. I, I, I'm sure they're not getting a check. Maybe they are. I mean, I, I know people that say that people deliver unemployment checks underneath the bridges in mail. Oh, oh I bet they do. Yeah. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I, here's another interesting thing. Um, so if you want some more evidence that there's that, that 
we're just kind of hanging on here. Uh, I'm looking at the average weekly earnings table, B3 in the establishment data. Uh, this is one of my favorite little touch points. And in the services side, while I'm not seeing a, a cut in hourly rate of pay, um, well, actually, I am a little bit in other services, down a few cents. What I am seeing, though, is a decrease in average weekly checks. And what that says is people are losing hours. I've, I've heard that from some people, actually, that they've lost their well, and here, Well, and here's the interesting thing. It's in, in the services side. It's in the bottom three categories. Private education and health services, leisure and hospitality and other. Um, that's, that is not a good indication. Uh, it is also, interestingly enough, showing up in wholesale trade. Which is, I mean, you know, I've talked about that one, uh, yeah. that, you know, this is one of the places that I've seen evidence over the last, you know, three, four months that there's some trouble. And now it's starting to show up in this table. Not not huge, but negative is negative. Okay, if your check's getting smaller in an inflationary environment, you're not having a good time. Yeah, I... Uh... Would you mind shifting pages back to what you started, like the the uh, first part of the the hour, I, when you were talking about the blue collar thing versus versus yeah. other? My question to you is, um, you know, well, the people on and why do I always bitch about the people on TV, but I do. Uh, when they talk about you should be happy with this blue collar job at twenty bucks, it, it reminds me of the scene in uh, was it Caddyshack when uh, when Chevy Chase says, "We have both a pool and a pond. The pond would be good for you." Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds like that's essentially what they're saying. But let, let, let's say, for instance, I mean, in, in the Chicago area again, I have this very—I think my my brain has been permanently wrecked from growing up here. Uh, if, if I had now, my nephew's in, in the business; he's, he's in the metalworking business. Um, let's let's say instead of the twenty bucks an hour we're talking about, you, the example you had early, because they're actually paying people quite a bit. Uh, so so say that number is. 45 hours an hour if you're going to be a, a machine repair guy in one of these places or something. It might even be more than that. It might be 50. It might be 60. I think they're paying six figures for people that really have experience. But look, look, be that as it may, um, the history has been, despite the fact that we're you know pulling some stuff back from China or we want some stuff here or whatever, the history has been for my whole lifetime is that whole area. I mean, for somebody who worked for Pullman, we're thousand people working there and now there's nobody there the idea that you would want uh let's put it this way if i had two young sons and daughters if they wanted to work at 50 bucks an hour programming machines and making parts for people while they went to night school for something else i'd be all for it i just don't trust the blue collar industry to say long after i'm gone that my son or daughter at age 62 is still going to be in this job, still happy, and there's still going to be people doing this stuff. I, I don't know. We're, am I wrong on that? or what, I mean, I know we're always going to be making something, but, but I mean, uh, is, is that a career for somebody? Carl, we gotta well, I, well, I don't know, but I'll tell you what. I, ten years ago, well, it's, yeah, about ten, about ten years ago, maybe, maybe closer to 15 now, uh, I had a, a few friends of mine that had kids that were of you know in high school trying to figure out what they wanted to do and the the hot thing at the time was learn to code right yeah oh yeah that was that was a hot deal 
and and I said, look, because this is what we'd already seen the start of this nonsense. Uh, Disney had taken their entire in 2015. Disney took an entire section of their IT, several hundred well-paid employees, fired them, and replaced them all with H-1Bs. Wow. Which, by the way, is illegal. Okay. All right, what's an you H-1B? Are, H-1B is a non-resident visa that is uh, that okay, for right. highly skilled technical people. The law is that you must pay. You basically it is for people. It's the purpose that the program exists for is to be able to get skills that you can't find in the American market, and the the structure of it is that you're supposed to be having to pay a penalty rate. It's much like trying to go to the discount window of your bank, right? Yeah, okay, you can have these people. However, the wages have to be above the prevailing wage in America, which means nobody in their right mind would ever do that unless they couldn't hire an American, right? <laughs> because why would you pay more for the same thing? That's stupid. Oh, no, all right, back, back up a hair. Isn't there something about if I'm, I'll pick, a, pick one out of my ass here, if I'm on Microsoft and I get 30 of these people from China or someplace, now those people, and I get them for this rate, like you're talking about. If if you're down the block, if if Carl Inc. is down the block, they can't go to work for you for more. It's it's sort of like an indentured that's, servitude. That's right. It's it's essentially an indent, and, and this is the reason they love it because yeah. now you can do all sorts of evil things, and they can't turn around and give you the finger and go down the street. Right. Okay. How, how did we ever? How, do, how did we ever design something like that? I mean. What's the oh, because with you know, because our industries are there's there's no corruption between that and Congress, and no, there's no, no there's yeah there's there's no screwing of the American public uh, by the people that supposedly are elected to represent us. Oh no 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 that never happened. No God no. No God that uh, nobody has ever done something like that before. Well you know yeah all right. Um, so what I what what I'm seeing from from that particular standpoint is. You know, this is accelerated. Now you've got every large company on the planet that operates in the United States that has found a way to use contract workers and contract houses uh, to get around the, the wage and labor laws. Okay, now I used to do contract work through one of those joints, um, but there, there was no screwing going on there. I was getting paid really nice money, okay, every hour. And the only the only reason I did it, as opposed to going out and doing my own gig at the time, was that they took care of all the all the compliance stuff. You know, it, it, yeah. and, and there is some, oh, all sure. right, and yeah, and it's real, and and that's a factor, and, and so okay, fine, and you know, and they billeted me to you know to whoever it was that needed my skill set. That's I don't have any problem with that. I have a problem with it when you start displacing full time employees, and the company is doing it as a way to cut their their wage expenses by twenty five percent. And that's what they've been doing. And so, you know, and I, and I warned these people. I said, look, if, if you're a rock star, you know, the, the top 5 or 10% in any field always do wonderfully well, okay? They're, they're, they're never going to be hungry. They're never going to have a problem. But let's face it, everyone thinks they're in the top 5 or 10%, and only 5 or 10% of the people are. The rest of you are just bog standard, ordinary and you folks are all at severe risk. And I said, this is, you know, this is a really serious problem. And if you go to college and you spend a whole bunch of money, especially if you have to borrow some of it, and then you come out and you find out that some, you know, some Indian guy just took the job that you were going to get. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah. And now you're pulling coffees at Starbucks. You're in trouble. 
I uh, a lot of trouble. I know I have a, I have a, obviously have a lot different view. I don't know why I do than uh, you and Kevin, everybody else on here, and you guys are probably all right. But I, I found, and, and again, I was lucky enough, um, Carl, that uh, I went to two terrific schools at a time when the cost was not an issue. All right, so, um, and I, and I'm absolutely convinced that, that Kevin does amazingly good work and taking people in the blue-collar area, not always blue-collar area, and moving them up the chain. Okay, you're, you're this in a warehouse, you're, you're hauling boxes, and all of a sudden you're going to go to this, get this certificate or this training, and now you're, you're running something, you're, you're, a, you're a scheduler, and then all of a sudden it's another course and you might be something else. And then if you want to become a learner of finance, you might become a plant manager. So that, that's, I think that's incredible, and we should be doing a hell of a lot more of it and everything. But I've, I've always thought, and I, and, I, and I can't be talked out of this now, whether I would have paid, well, the cost of my education today would be, let's see, 280 plus probably 160, 440. All right, and, and in my day it was uh, 12, it was 18. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not even on the same planet. And yet right. I was able, by taking a bunch of different stuff in all these places, I, I learned enough, you know, in a lot of courses you took at the time, you felt what am I taking this one for? I'll never hear this crap again. <laughs> well, I was able to go from an uh, industry that was mostly service to manufacturing to the trading floor and all the demise of all this stuff to do some expert witness stuff to write for, I used to write when, before I was on the air, a column every week, and to be on the air and, and try and learn from really smart guys like you. I, I could never have done that unless I've, I got that broad education I don't think. I mean, I guess I could have read all the same books or something, but I think it was a real tremendous advantage to me as various industries I was in went under to be able to bump and move because I had talent in other areas or at least some knowledge. It doesn't make me successful. To the I'm saying it's not a money thing, but I, w I was never intimidated. I mean, guys would come in, consultants, wherever I was, and you know what? I at least heard of everything they said. I was never intimidated. I want other people to feel like that. It doesn't mean... I mean, if, if if Kevin can get a guy making 150 grand a year as a plant manager, I'd still like the guy like my mom did to take a class at night in marketing or in, a, in economics or something, just as a betterment thing. Just no matter but, what. But chief, but chief, that's not the, the. You know, you're right. Okay, but that's not the problem. The problem is the price. Well, that's right. The problem is the price. All right, and and so it's you know, think about this. All right, what we were told, what we were told during the pandemic was that if you had this virus that, and, and you show up at the doctor's office or the hospital, this is what they're going to do, period. Yeah. We're not going to have a conversation. It's not an individual thing. We're not practicing medicine anymore. By the way, you know who we're practicing on, right? Yeah. Um, we're not doing that. This is, you have COVID. Here is what you do, period. End of conversation. Okay, why do I need a physician? Tell well, me, tell me why a physician try, exists. Try, uh, funny you should mention that. How many well, people? Well, because see, this is the problem I have with the way we've gone in this country with this stuff. All right. Now, if you're going to do that, if you're going to, if you're going to say there is no, you know, if I say I want this particular thing for treatment or whatever, because I think it might work, and I'm, you know, I'm just a schlub. I just read some papers. I don't, I don't have a degree. I'm not a physician. And the doctor says, no, the standard is you have this disease, 
This is what you do, period. End of conversation. Okay, if that's the world we live in today, and we do, when it comes to medicine, how does medicine manage to consider, how does it employ anybody beyond diagnostics? Okay. And, oh, by the way, why do I need a prescription and a, and a physician's signature? for it? If I have this disease, why can't I walk down to the pharmacy in the Kroger and grab whatever it is that is the prescribed thing that you have to do for that disease? Carl, our, our, our medical thing, and, and you know this better than me, I've learned a lot from you, I, it's, I'll use the terms of Jack Callahan, he's beyond the board. Uh, we don't know where we're going, but we're well on our way. I mean, well, it's a scam. Yeah, it's a scam. Okay, and and the thing is this: if you're going to take people who are professionals, all right? I mean, this is uh, I don't do a whole lot of work in field anymore because I don't want to. I don't have to. You know, my field is computer security and networking, code design. Uh, but every now and then, I have somebody that comes along and says, "Hey, you know, I'll I'll pay you some money for your advice on these things." Okay, well, you know, that's fine. That's good. Uh, but if you're not going to actually if there isn't something unique or novel about what you're doing that you actually need somebody who knows what they're doing to give you some advice, then then I don't have any value to your operation. Okay, if 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 you can pay people from India, uh, you know, five dollars a day to bang out something that does what you need done, why would you pay me four hundred dollars an hour? Well, the uh, <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's crazy. Well, my <laughs> my my friend, uh, still friend, girlfriend at the time. Her brother went to Michael Reese. Uh, they were living, we, well, we had a house on the south side <clears throat> that we had remodeled, so she and he were living in the house. Anyway, nobody needs to know of that part of it, but uh, we got to be really good friends, and he was going to Michael Reese for med school. And he told me, he says, Tom, if you walk into your doctor, a good general practitioner, which he goes, which this is how many years ago, he goes, which has fallen out of favor, you don't even have to tell a person that you're sick. He looks the way you walk. He looks the way you're sick. He looks at your eyes. Looks at your color. He he can pretty much tell you if you're sick or not. I mean, it, well, and he can probably tell you what's wrong. Yeah, and probably you. tell you what's wrong. He goes that that's going to become a total lost start. Now, my situation- oh, I, I, chief, you yo, you're preaching at the pastor yeah. here. Okay, we had when I was growing up, we had an old school family physician. Okay, I mean it was family practice. Yeah, right. We all saw this guy. His name was Yamaguchi. He's gone now, um, and at He's that. He was that kind of doctor. Yeah. All right. I mean, you you went in and, and he's like, oh yeah, it's it's you know you ought to be looking at this. <laughs> you know, was he always right? Well, no, nobody's always right. But that's gone. And so, and and the problem with that is, okay, is that good or bad? Well, I don't know if it's good or bad. What I do know is that when you build a economic system around extracting money for people for something that does not actually have value, that adds no value to the equation. It's simply there because you put a you put up a gate and a fence and and by God, it's a hundred bucks to go through the gate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When you do that, you are going to end up with a system where houses cost four hundred thousand dollars, but the but the schlub who you want to put the house up makes twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, which is it's it's not a long term solution and everything, but real quick, I mean what I've in this area, and I don't know what it's like down there, because we'll talk. Let's talk about this more next week, because I think it's becoming. A, I have a lady. I had a guy. Now switch this lady because she's downtown. It's this concierge medicine, and she's terrific. Right. She's a good doctor, uh, friend for a while, and uh, and she, but she has her office 
there's it doesn't even remotely resemble a doctor's office. There's no you're not going to get a shot there. You're not going to do anything. If if you're going to go for a physical, she's going to say, "Here's the prescription." You go to one of these centers and you get your test done there, and they'll send. It's not like she's right on it. She's all over it. I mean, she get she get the results the second you walk out. I mean, there is some coordination, but I mean, if I walk into the, the CVS or the Walgreens, there's a huge list. Hey, get get these. <laughs> Shots today, there'll be COVID, there's, there's a pneumonia, there's flu, there's a shingles. There's probably a list of about eight of them. I'm self-diagnosing myself this. And if I were to say, give me five of them, they'll, they'll stick me five times. I mean, this, this is not medicine. <laughs> what, what am I doing? I mean, the, the idea is somebody's supposed to know all that, right, and, and take care of you. That's, isn't that the drill? It's not anymore. And, oh, by the no. way, if you got to see a specialist, you're, you'll be dead. Russell, uh, who had the, I don't know, you know, I mean, you listen to him on Wednesday, he he had the, the scooter accident and banged his head pretty hard. That was six months ago, seven months ago. His appointment to see the guy to find out how bad he banged his head is, is next week. Chief, I know somebody that has an aortic aneurysm. Okay, now that can kill you. Uh, it did kill Audrey's cousin. Well, I know somebody that, that has been diagnosed with one. That's the one on the abdomen, right? It's, no, no, this is this is in the aorta, the, the oh, big okay. his artery was, that comes up off your heart. His, his was in the abdomen, and they told him he could wait six months. He didn't have to do it right away, and, of course, he waited seven and croaked. Well, they, they're jerking this person around on actually getting, you know, getting this thing fully evaluated and fixed. How can you wait on that? How do you go to sleep knowing you got well, a, a Well, you know here? what? You might not wake up in the morning, okay? Yeah. I mean, that's one of those kinds of deals. It's like, well, if this is going on, this is not something that we'll go screw around with in, you know, six months. No, no. This, this is, is, this this is not is hay a, fever. This is a you-need-this-fixed-now sort of thing um, or else. Yeah. And and it appears that um, they get to roll the dice on the or else. And it's and this is, this is the problem, though, that you have is that you've got, you know, you've taken this when, – when any industry gets to the point – that it becomes an extraction racket, and we've got several of them. And, and this, you know, but the medical one is enormous in the United States. And the biggest problem with it is it is embedded so far into the government structure that trying to do anything about it means that politicians will not go anywhere near it. Well, and yet yeah, they it's, have it's, to. It's a problem. Well, Let's... but they have to because it's it's over two trillion dollars. Of what the federal government spends out of six. Well, it's one thing to, Third. to spend it and have people get care. It's quite another to get to spend it and not get care. Well, that's the problem yeah. is that they're spending the money, but they're not getting anything for it. Why don't it's, we put this down as a racket. thing? Why don't we put this down as a thing to talk about uh, uh, next week? Andrew, make make a note, buddy. Uh, Carl, take care of yourself. What do you got going this week? Anything good? Well, you know, uh, I, I have uh, achieved another passage around the big flaming ball responsible for all the global warming in the sky, so I might go have a little fun. Oh, God, well, good for you. Well, tip one for me. Uh, SP Futures up 16, NASDAQ Futures up 84. If you go to church, put in a good word for me, you know, if you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, I, that, that could end up working out badly for you. Maybe oh, you don't want that. God, I'll be back on Monday, <laughs> Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456.
Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.